will not be greeting one another with a holy kiss at all today. So turn your Bibles this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody in here that was here the, when the church got started, but it's still, yeah, well, okay, Grant Miller's back there. Uh, it's still here. Man. The church is still here in spite of everything that's gone on in the world and uh, everything else. Uh, it, this has been a very unusual time in Wisconsin. We've been open for the last two weeks where we can meet at 50% capacity. So we have, uh, we, we've been running in the, in the morning service. Uh, what, we've, what we have done after they allowed us to open up is we split the uh, congregation in half. And so... The first half of the alphabet goes to church from 10 until noon. The second half goes to church from 1 until 3. And then it's all on the, uh, all on the internet. So it, but it's just, it was just good to be in church. I, I saw a post uh, on Facebook several, when this whole thing, this whole chaos started. And it's this guy running down the aisle and screaming and hollering and going. And I said, that's, that's going to be me. But it wasn't. I was the Dave Corey. The just, yep. I, I didn't even sing the first hymn because it was so good to finally be gathered together to listen to everybody. Well, not everybody. Listen to half of us, half of us sing that uh, it, it just really, uh, really struck home. Uh, we are already running behind schedule, so I, I ask that you give me just a, just a little bit of grace. We are not going to be done by noon or five after. Uh, but this service has been adjusted, and y'all ain't been in church for a while. <laughs> so I know that it looks different that you're not in your recliner looking at me through your feet, except for you out there in TV land. But uh, I kind of like sitting there in my recliner with a cup of coffee with my Bible, to be quite honest. And uh, I've got the message is uh, there's. <laughs> For an anniversary message, there's nothing lighthearted about this morning, okay? It's not, it's not a rebuke, but it's a, it's a question, how have you done on the test? How have you done on your test? You've had just a little taste of what missionaries go through when they move their family to a foreign mission field, and it's just them. And they're trying to reach the people in the community and they're trying to get people to come out to the services. But those first several services is just mom and dad and the kids. And so you've had a little bit of taste of that. Uh, we've not been through anything cons uh, at all even close to what they've gone through in the former Soviet Union where people were not allowed to meet. Uh, there, there's been no persecution of the church in spite of what some people have said. There, there's been no persecution. There's been some limits put on, but not because of the preaching of the gospel. It's been a health situation. But uh, uh, they all survived under horrendous conditions. And so in a way, we've had kind of a light test on our Christianity, on our faith. How are you doing on your test? Have you been faithful? Have you been consistent? Could you say, I am actually more spiritually minded today 
than it was two and a half months ago when this all started. Because I've had more time in my Bible. I've had more time to be able to spend in prayer. I've had more opportunity to be able to consider the goodness of God. I haven't had the fellowship, but I've been able to spend more time with God than what I did before. And uh, how are you doing on the test? In Matthew chapter 13, if you'll stand with me, and we'll start in verse 24. I will read the first, uh, uh, I will read verse 24, we'll read 25 in unison, I'll read 26, we'll read 27, and we'll just go like that until we run out of red letters there in, in, uh, in verse 30, okay? Matthew chapter 13, and beginning in verse 24. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field together. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also together. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy had done this. The servant said, The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up together? When he said, Nay, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest in the time of harvest. I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now look over on my Bible, it's just across the page, to over at verse 37. The disciples have come and said, oh, Could you explain to us this parable that, uh, that you gave us, this illustration that you gave us? And so here in uh, chapter 13, verse 37, he says, And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Father, I ask that as we gather together this morning in, in an assembly, uh, which is what the church is all about, Lord, would you meet with us this morning? Give me words, hide me behind the cross, help uh, the, the, things that, the things that I say, the verses that I read, Lord, may they find lodging in the heart, not just here in the auditorium, but in those that are watching on uh, Facebook or on live stream. It's so easy to watch on live stream and not really be involved, not really have the word of God speaking to our heart because we're not in the service. But Lord, would you use your word in our lives today? In Christ's name I pray. You may be seated. It's been an unusual time. 
We, we've had the opportunity to be able to see what uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil has been willing to allow or bring about in these last, uh, in these last few months, last few weeks. Uh, one of the verses that have popped up, I noticed several times, it's been kind of nice in one way, being able to be home and be able to jump on the internet. As Pastor said, uh, we've been given an opportunity. Uh, we were... Uh, a lot of churches now are online that weren't online before. Uh, I, Heather Ingalls is one of Jeremy and Heather and the kids say hi. Uh, Heather Ingalls is one of them that keeps track on, on Facebook and on our, our website how many people log in to uh, one of our services. And so it's been running anywhere from uh, 600 to as many as 1,000 people, where we've had uh, as many as four or five other countries that have logged in. Now, some of those probably are missionaries that have logged in, but it's given me the opportunity to sit in my own living room and unfortunately listen to my own pastor uh, from a distance, but to jump on several places Starting about 9 o'clock in the morning, my time, I, will, I have been going to church from about 9 o'clock in the morning till 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Just going in, listening to, okay, I, I've never heard Pastor so-and-so preach. What is he preaching about? And so I sit there and watch that message. And so I've watched several pastors. I've listened to several messages, some of it out of curiosity about what is it that they are preaching about. There's been a lot of preaching on fear. Rightly so, it's been promoted, it's been provoked, it's been encouraged. And the uh, pastor already mentioned it, I, my mask is out in the car, and if, you, if you're offended when I get done uh, here and I don't have my mask on, I also have a brick, so I will protest. So, <laughs> and if you're protesting, you don't need a brick, okay? So I'll, I'll go get my brick. But we, we've been open for a couple of weeks, so I thought, okay, I'm not going to take a step backward uh, but if you're not comfortable talking to me from six feet, then that's fine. I will shake your hand. I will not give you the holy kiss. But uh, fear has really hit the church. For the most part, I've been somewhat surprised that a lot of us have responded just like the world did. Now, is there, is there reason to be concerned? Yes. If you're my age, if, you, if you're 16 above, if you're in poor health, yes, be concerned. Be careful. Uh, uh, watch where you go. Watch what you do. My hands have never been so clean in my entire life, but uh, I've discovered that as soon as I watch... Anybody else notice how much you touch your face and you rub your nose and your, your eyebrow itches and everything else? I mean, I've never been so conscious of how, much, how many times I touch my face right after I've just washed my hands, cleansed myself with uh, oceans of hand cleaner, just stop. Okay, let's, let's, get, let's get to the message. <laughs> but here in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 38, uh, verse 38, he said the field is the world. That's where we live. That's where we live. There's coming a day when we're not going to be here. Whether we go through the rapture or whether we go through the death gate, there's coming a day that we won't be here. Uh, Brother Dave Corey brought it out very well. Uh, we should have had him up here. People, 
People probably think that's the longest prayer you've ever prayed over the, over the offering whatsoever. But uh, it, it struck Dave just as it struck me. You ever heard somebody say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to... I, if we respond like this, just being able to come to church... You think you're going to walk, you're going to get raptured up in heaven, or you're going you're, you're gonna to stand before the Lord and say, By the way, I've got a question. No, I'm thinking we're going to be flat on our face before the Lord of glory, is what I think is going to take place. But it points out here the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares of the, are the children of the wicked one. I've got three points. Uh, this morning, no poem, three points. The world, our world, and the spiritual world. What is it, well, how, does, how does this all fit together in, uh, in our time and in our day? Uh, I didn't realize it until uh, uh, I was kind of just preparing some things for our salt and light. That's our seniors group that we've had a chance to be able to meet a couple of times. And the word wicked popped up, not just here in my reading, but it popped up in, a, in another place that I was reading. Wicked is in the Bible 325 times. I was shocked. The word evil is in the Bible 569 times. We live in kind of a, 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 a soft comfort zone in that we have the church. We have each other. We have Christian. Christianity. We have the Lord. We, we are in the world, but we're not of the world anymore. But to a, you know what takes place out there generally does not have a huge effect on us. We know what it's like, but we've really seen what it's like these last, in particular, these last, these last few weeks. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Desperately wicked. Not just kind of wicked, not just kind of bad, desperately wicked. But in 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is a verse that's been preached in a lot of pulpits these last, uh, last couple of months, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways. Wait a minute, my... My ways, my ways aren't that, aren't that wicked. It's not what the Bible says. When we've got sin, when we've got rebellion, when we've got a, a bad attitude, when we've got a sharp tongue, when, when we rail on somebody, he calls that a wicked way. And turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Uh, there, I, I saw several messages and things posted about it's all the church's fault. We haven't done our job. That's not true. We've done our job. Could we have passed out more tracts? Yeah. Could we, could we have witnessed to more people? Yeah. Could we be, have been much bolder about uh, some people we could have talked to? Yes. But it's not our fault that the world is in the situation that it's in. It's the wicked one. It's the, the tears that have been sown and is just really becoming uh, acknowledgeable in our day as we are in these last days. And it's just going to get uh, more and more obvious as these last days wind down. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. When any one hear the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one 
and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. So the devil's job is to come along when we do pass out a track, when we do witness to somebody, when we do give a word of encouragement uh, on a spiritual note, when we take a stand for the Lord. His, his job is to steal it away, to keep them from really hearing it and understanding and responding to it. But along with that, we have a similar situation in the people that have been openly rejecting the word of God and said, I don't care. I just don't care. Take your Bible, take your John and Romans, take your piece of paper, and just leave us. We're fine. Uh, up until all this hit, we have been running two bus routes and, and a van route. Two bus routes in Oshkosh and a van route out in Amro. We've had, we've had a harder and harder time this last two years, not just trying to fill up the bus, just getting several kids to ride the bus. Ten years ago, you knock on somebody's door and say, "We're having, you know, uh, we've got uh, special services for the children. Oh, we'd like to invite you out, but would you let your children come if you're not going to bring them? Please take the kids. It'll give me a chance to be able to sleep in in the morning." That's not been their attitude, at least not in Oshkosh. They really don't care, which is a sad state of affair here in America when even mom and dad are not willing to send the, church, the kids to church to be able to at least hear some good thing, whether they understand the gospel, whether they understand the Bible, whether they understand the love of God, John 3, 16, and I think, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but I think it's going to just continue to get worse and worse. The, the, the Bible talks about that. Tied, uh, second, excuse me, 2 Timothy 3, 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 2 Peter 3, 3, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, Walking after their own lust. This has been going on since the book of uh, the book of Gen uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter six, verse five. And God saw the wickedness of man. Uh, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. We're not quite there yet, but we're drawing a lot closer. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, there's nothing new under the sun. The, the world's been like this. Uh, it, it's been more prevalent or more dominant in some other countries than it has here in America. But we're beginning to see worldwide and here in our own country where man is ultimately headed. What his thoughts about God, what his thoughts about church, what his thoughts about the Bible are. To, there used to, there was a day not that long ago, less than 50 years ago, and that makes you sound old, less than 50 years ago, when a community started or when a community grew, there was land set aside for churches to be established. Not anymore. Uh, over up in, up in New England, I forget which state it is, uh, they, have, they, they go in and they will take away houses, they'll take away apartments to put in parking lots to be able to gain more money for the city and to fund their, to fund their city. But no land set aside, no, no, no provisions made 
for a church to be able to have an influence on the community anymore. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Seen it, heard it, prevalent today. It's been a little... It's been nice being here for the last couple of days. I've had... I haven't watched any news. I haven't listened to anything. I have no idea what, <clears throat> what has happened in our country in the uh, last 48 hours. It's kind of refreshing. But because, because of my position and because of being involved in the ministries of the church and everything, I, I, up until then, you know, I'm on television all the time. I don't know about you, but it gets discouraging. It gets depressing. And it uh, just drives you nuts. But it, 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 one of the things that hit me that just provoked me even a little bit more is uh, middle, of la- middle of this this past week over two million dollars was given in one day to bail out the protesters. Nobody set up a fund. Nobody set up a GoFundMe uh, uh, fund for the people that lost their businesses. For the people who were injured or killed, there's been, there's been uh, I believe, at least eight policemen that have been killed just in the last week. Just a, barely a blip on the news. Just, uh, like I said, it, it, it really, when, when the news media gets more bent out of shape about the president walking across the street, standing in front of a boarded up church and holds a Bible. They have an absolute conniption fit. Oh, conniption fit. Is that even a word anymore? They have an absolute fit over him doing that. He did it just for show. Yeah, and so did most everybody else, past presidents. You can, you can pull that all up. But that, that's what you're bothered about? That's what you're concerned about? One of the people that uh, is a rival said, well, if he just read it instead of... Yeah, if we'd all just read it. I don't agree with everything the president uh, does. I certainly don't agree with everything that he says. But to get so bent out of shape because he has a Bible for a photo op, that's what's wrong with America. We don't have the Bible in the government, in the school, and in the average lives of most people today. Uh, Let me... (laughs) I'm preaching off my iPad. Okay, here we go. Let me ask you a a couple of questions here, and I'm going to have to read it because I... I just uh, wrote it out last night and this morning. Do you ever feel that there's a disconnect between the faith that you want and the faith you are really living today? Let me read that again. Do you ever feel like there's a disconnect between the faith that you want and the faith that we are living today? Do you ever feel exhausted and anxious or heavy burdened on the inside while singing and quoting Bible verses about the abundant life on the outside. Turn, your Bible, uh, turn in your songbook. I'll give you an example. What, what caused me to think about this was last week in church. 
Number 220 in your songbook. You ever feel like there's a big disconnect? Uh, you finally get in church and you get to sing the songs and you say, you know, uh, maybe I'm not really where I should be, where I could be. Jesus is all the world to me. As I started singing it, I only got three quarters of the way through the first verse and realized that's not really been my attitude the last week and a half. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. I've let the world and my flesh quench my spirit far too many times, particularly in the last week and a half. Now, now it took several weeks to finally wear me down. But as I started singing that last Sunday in our morning service, I realized where my spirit really had been quenched, where I really had kind of just given in to the frustration and everything that, that goes on in life. Verse 2, Jesus is all the world to me, my friend in trial sore. I go to him for blessings and he gives them o'er and o'er. He sends me the sunshine and the rain. He sends the harvest and golden grain. Sunshine and rain, harvest of grain. He's my friend. Jesus is all the world to me and true to him I'll be. Oh, how can I this friend deny? I haven't denied the Lord. I've just let the world creep in. When he's so true to me. Following him, I know I'm right. He watches o'er me day and night. Following him day and night, he's my friend. I realize that I will get up and I will do my devotions in the morning and I'll work on getting my mindset, but then the news comes on, the TV comes on, I end up going and talking to somebody, I get a phone call, and the... Uh, the hour and a half or two hours that I spent in my Bible, Bible reading and, and studying and, and just trying to get some fellowship with God, within the next two or three hours, all that has been almost all washed away. The faith that you wish that you had, where are you on that today? So how do we rebuild our faith and trust in God? We start in His Word daily. The importance of in the Bible in the morning. I've had several, I preached on reading a Bible for years. And I have, I don't know how many people have come up and said, you know, Brother Larry, it's just, it's just easier to read my Bible at night. It's it, if it's at night, and that's a good thing, but if it's at night, I needed it in the morning. I needed to get a fresh start. I needed to get a focus. I needed to have a right attitude. I needed to get a song in my heart to prepare me. I, I'm a whistler by nature. Uh, and so in the morning, I, whether I've started reading my Bible or after I've read my Bible, I will put some kind of a song in there just to help me. I do it unconsciously, but just to be able to help me through the day. But the world of my flesh took my whistle away. It is in 
it is in our Bible we see his faithfulness and his character. In our Bible we read about the promises he made to Abraham, Moses, and David in the Old Testament, and to the disciples and to us in the New Testament. He, and quote unquote, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He was victorious over sin and death. And at, uh, and at salvation, we got adopted into his family as a child of the king of kings. That doesn't really strike home unless you uh, spend some time thinking about it. For me, it's kind of like watching an old movie or, or whatever. When they, they had kings and queens and you know somebody would end up being, becoming part of the family. And their life drastically changed. But the king of kings is the one that adopted us. He paid the price when we got saved. Uh, he was victorious over sin. And at salvation we got adopted. He is faithful. And because he is faithful and true, he can be trusted to guide us and to help us every day and every hour. But it's going to take, at least for me, me stopping and recognizing what, where my thinking is, where my brain is headed, the way that I have begun to respond and say, Larry, you need to just stop. Go back and whistle that song. Go back and think upon those verses that you read this morning and get your heart and your mind right. Do not let the world, the flesh, and the devil overtake you in this life at this time. So number one that we looked at was the world. Number two that we're going to look at is our world. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Very familiar passage of scripture. In uh, Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given us the comforter. When we got saved, he gave us the comforter before we got baptized. Don't, don't get that all messed up. But he gave us the comforter to be able to guide us, to be able to help us, to be able to call to memory the, uh, the verses that we're working on. Uh, Colossians, uh, what's the verses for the next couple of weeks? Colossians what? Three. Three. 12 through 15. See, even pastors trying to help us with, okay, sow some good seed in there, okay? Get some, get some of the Word of God in there. For the promises unto you and to our children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God called. And with many other words he did testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Save yourselves. From this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What happened? They had to have church. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have church. What happened at church? Verse 42. And they continued. Continued. Steadfastly. In the apostles doctrine. And in fellowship. In the breaking of bread. And prayers. Fellowship. I have preached about it off and on over the uh, last 35, 40 years or whatever. But it wasn't until this hit 
that I realized the importance of fellowship. It's not just coming to church and singing the songs. It's not just coming to church and listening to the preaching. It's the fellowship that makes the difference. It's the fellowship that we've all missed. It's the fellowship, just seeing one another, just hearing about one another, just uh, talking to one another. Uh, We've had a lot of drivelly conversations about all kinds of stuff that really doesn't make any difference. About the weather and about football and about the, the latest dress somebody bought or whatever. But it's the fellowship of the believers, the gathering together, to hearing everybody sing, to seeing their half faces again, <laughs> standing out there as, as y'all come in through the, through the doors. I just went blank on that. <laughs> it's the fellowship that was the, the, one of the big things, and it's something that I've glossed over for, uh, glossed over for, for several years. Galatians 2.9, and when James and Cephas... Uh, uh, and John, who, see, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace of God, uh, the grace was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. There's contact. It's not just verbal. It's not just eye contact. There's the handshake. Today, a lot of places we go, there's the hug. There's something about having that physical contact along with the fellowship. I hadn't been at the Dunbar's house two minutes. Pastor's out there, comes out, looks at me, and he said, can we shake hands? Yes, we can shake hands. (laughs) Yes. It's the fellowship. There's there's the actual fellowship. This doesn't sound good. It, it probably delete this part. It's the actual touching of one another. Now, you have to be very careful about that. Qualify that, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, man, just, I felt kind of bad. I was actually thinking about sitting up there on the chair just so I wouldn't take any seats up from somebody or whatever. But uh, I wanted to give you all a handshake. I wanted to give Mrs. Dunbar a big hug. I wanted to give Jennifer a hug and say, it is so good to see you again. I wanted to give Brother Corey a hug just to say, yes, you're here, I'm here, we're all here. Let's have a good time in church today. But we'll all be gracious. We'll follow the guidelines to a certain point and everything. Fellowship is not just the preaching. It's not just the special music is the fellowship that makes the church what it is today. Right. Philippians verse one, chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Uh, first, uh, verse 4, always, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When we're out of fellowship with God, coming to church isn't quite so much fun. You know, when we're out of fellowship with God, when things are not going well at home, you know, we're here, but we, not, we, not, may, we may not be all here. We may not be all comfortable with the whole thing. Uh, I don't know what's going on uh, uh, how you guys do your service, even though I watch. On one of ours, and I think it's on Facebook, 
Uh, you can click on when when pastor makes a great point, they'll, they'll click on the, the like or they'll click on the, the smiley face. Uh, now there's a uh, what is, something hugging a heart or whatever. There's, they're clicking on that. Our, our church people were so vocal at home. We got into church and everybody's just sitting there looking at pastor. Okay, do we need to get out the amen sign? So, I mean, you're all vocal at home, but nobody... We had, we had one service that was out in the parking lot. And people were blowing their horns, honk, honk, yeah, that's a good point. Yes, I enjoyed that special, honk, honk. Got in church, quiet. We just, <laughs> it's part of the fellowship. It's part of encouraging the preacher. It's part of encouraging, uh, part of encouraging one another. So that was uh, point one, the world. Point two, our world that we live in, a little bit different than the world's. The, the spiritual world, point three, turn to, uh, turn to the book of Jude. All the way before the uh, book of Revelation, turn to the book of Jude. As, uh, as you turn there, let me read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, Deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Just to show that nothing has changed in, since the garden and nothing has changed since uh, about 2,000 years ago. We find, out, we find today in the book of Jude... We find the world here beginning in verse, uh, oh, let me see. Let's start in verse, well, we'll start in verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his angels. Why? To execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly, among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which, they ungodly, which, the, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers and complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their own mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage." Reminds me of people that have been on television patting themselves on the back on how we stopped the disease. God got no credit. Couldn't go on. I'll leave it there. But beloved, remember ye the words which, are, which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. Does that kind of sum up today? Does that just, doesn't create a headline, but does that, does that ring pretty true for the things that we've seen today? And it's just going to become more and more obvious these next few days We've been saying, we collectively have been saying we're in the last days. I honestly believe this is the beginning of sorrows. The, this is the beginning of the last days. The, we see the signs coming 
that uh, things are just going to continue to get worse and worse. Good news! Things are going to get worse and worse. <laughs> the, the really good news, we're almost out of here. Yeah. We're almost out of here. It's getting closer. Uh, I, had a, I had a talk with uh, Alan and Jeremy uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They were all concerned about Cheryl and I. The reason Cheryl's not here, she's... Uh, having some major back pain. And because of all this, all of her doctor's appointments got canceled and everything. But we're looking at, oh, you've got two torn ligaments in your back. So, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to send you to physical therapy for a couple of months, and then we'll do surgery. Anyway, still a sore spot. Uh, so that's why Cheryl's not, not traveling with me. She's got doctor's appointments that, that she's doing this week. But... Uh, I said, they, they were all concerned about Cheryl and I. Uh, we've had a few health issues here, nothing, nothing major. But Dad, you're over 70. Mom's even a little bit older than that. You guys are, you guys are in that category. I said, don't worry about us. Mom, Mom and I, we've had, we've had the time of our life these last 40-some years since we've been saved. But uh, don't worry about us. We're going to die from something. Uh, well, the rapture's going to take place. You know, I don't, I'm not looking to die. I'm not, uh, I am kind of concerned whether I lose my memory or not, which is starting to go. Uh, thank, thank the Lord for a Garmin to be able to get me around town every once in a while. But uh, something's going to happen. I, Lord, please don't let me linger. That, that, that's my only request. I don't care when I go. I don't care how I go. I just don't want to linger around being some kind of a, have no clue who anybody is or anything that the the last two years of my life, like two of my grandmothers have gone through. Lord, whatever you do, I'm ready. I don't want to leave today. I, I, I don't want to get on that train today. But I'm ready. The ones that I'm concerned about is you guys and, and, and the grandchildren. I said, you're the ones, whether mom and I die whether we get COVID or whether we get cancer or whether we get pneumonia or whether we get something like that, I'm not concerned about us. We, we, we've had a great life. I'm concerned about you guys. You're the ones that have to get your children, my grandchildren, have to get the grandchildren through this. They're going to face stuff that you and I never had, which I'm not going to run down that road or John and Joy will think, man, those guys really are old. Anyway. But what does he tell us to do after that? Look at verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, knowing, looking, excuse me, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We have a responsibility. Uh, I've got three quick points under that. Building up, praying up, and keeping up. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Hold your finger here. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Uh, building up. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. That's why I asked at the very beginning of this, how are you doing on the test? 
look, we, a lot of times we look to pastor, we look to the fellowship of the church, we, we look to some of the music that's here to be able to encourage us and build us up because we just get worn down and tired. And now is before all this hit. But now that, uh, now, that we've, now that we've been on our own, now that we've been responsible for our own spiritual condition, uh, how are we doing? We know that we're supposed to be spending time in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to go down to verse 7. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. That's memorizing the scriptures. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart unto understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for uh, hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and finding the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth uh, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. It is our responsibility to feed ourselves and keep ourselves in the love of God. Proverbs 22, verse 17, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thy heart unto my knowledge. Verse 18, For it is a pleasant thing if thou wilt keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. How many Bible verses have you memorized in the last two and a half months? We've had the time. No, there, there's, a, there's a handful of you that are working. I'm assuming Brother Dan is <laughs> five or six days a week and everything like that, but We've had the time to not just read the word, but to meditate on it. For those that have musical talent, I thank Jennifer. Wonderful song this morning. Absolutely wonderful song this morning. To invest our time and talent into developing our music or learning some, some new music to be prepared for when the church gets together to be able to provide some specials. We've had time to pray. Well, that's way down on the list. We've had time to memorize scripture. Well, that's way down on the list. We've had time to remodel the house. I, I didn't realize I had so many unnecessary jobs that needed to be done <laughs> around the house. And Cheryl was, she just did another one while I was gone. Good for you. Happy for you. Uh, We've had time to fix the house, paint the paint the house, paint the chairs. What else are you going to do with the chairs? It's just, Larry, we have too many different colors of wood in the kitchen and the dining room, so I'm going to paint the chairs. Don't paint good wood. So she didn't until I left. <laughs> We've had time to memorize scripture. Why? Proverbs 22, 19. That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known unto thee this day, even to thee, have not I written unto thee the excellent things in counsels and in knowledge. Building up ourselves. Praying up in the Holy Ghost. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which I already listed. Proverbs, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3. 
uh, hold, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, not too far back from the book of Jude. 1 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> Yep, helps if I'm in 1 Timothy and not 2 Timothy. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and the giving of thanks be made for all men. I believe I actually used this passage of scripture uh, this last time when I was here for the missions conference. Talking about the importance of prayer for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable. Good and acceptable in the sight of God. I don't, I'm not sure how to please God. Read your Bible, memorize a, a scripture every now and then, and start praying for somebody. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. When you're not sure what to pray about, when you prayed for pastor, when you prayed for one another, when you prayed for the governor, when you prayed for the uh, uh, who's ever in charge of the city around here or whatever, uh, when you prayed for people and you run out of things to pray, ask him, Lord, who, who should I be praying for? What should I pray about? Most of us have had time to invest in the spiritual part of our life. And we've kind of let that slide. Building up praying up, and finally keeping up, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Psalm 119, 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. Proverbs 16, 17, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. That's not really been a problem. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Proverbs 23, 19, hear thou my son and be wise and guide thine heart in the way. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. And exercise rather thyself unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. Well, amen. <laughs> yes! There's my Bible verse for the last two months. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the, pri the promise of the life that now is... And of that which is to come. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Turn back to Matthew chapter 13 and we'll close. Matthew chapter 13 where we looked at the last portion of the scriptures. <clears throat> what are we doing to defeat the world, the flesh, the devil, and our own weaknesses and sorrows, our own fears, our own concerns that we don't become overwhelmed. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 37, again said, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. That's us. But the tares are the children uh, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and them which are due iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing 
and gnashing of teeth, the importance of us being busy, being the light, being handing out a tract when that finally becomes somewhat acceptable. Uh, but the least we can do is give a word of encouragement and say, our services are on. If you're not comfortable coming to our services, you know, we, we we're separated, we've got hand washing, we take your temperature, wear a mask and all that, but we've got services on. All you have to do is log on and you can watch the services. There, there's a way that we can continue to be light because when they die, it's a whole lot worse. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun. Then, at the end, let's make sure that we're shining now. We're not going to stop the world. We're not going to change the direction that the world and the government and nations are going. But maybe we can snatch one or two from the burning and make a difference in their life. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. You're only as spiritual as you want to be. How have you done on the test? Close with two questions. Are you saved? Not do you know God, not do you come to church, not do, not do we enjoy watching or endure watching on, on, on the website, on the, on the page. Are you saved? We just read what the end is for those that are not saved. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. Do not waste any more time. Number two, how is your faith and obedience to God now? One of the downsides of being at home and watching things on there is we don't respond at the altar. We don't really respond to the invitation because it's kind of difficult. You can give an invitation, music's played and everything. But if it's at your house like it's been at our house, I just sit there through it. Is your spiritual situation better, the same, or worse? than it was two and a half months ago. Now's the time to say, I'm drawing another line in the sand. I've been down here before. I've made commitments before. I've asked God for help before, but I'm drawing another line in the sand and I'm going to, on purpose, ask him for help to help me get to the faith that I want to have, not the faith that I've been living for these last few months. Father, I thank you for this time you've given to us to look at your word. Lord, it's been a multitude of Bible verses. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of outline and everything that's been there. But I ask, Lord, that you would deal with our hearts. For those of us that are here, that uh, you would continue to deal with us, that we would respond to your word. And uh, Lord, for those that are home, that it's not just been like watching a television program. It's not like just been having turning something on, but Lord, that... Your word would find lodging in hearts and we'd again draw a line in the sand and say, Lord, help me to be the Christian that I absolutely want to be. With your help, with your grace, with me 
putting forth another effort. Lord, would you help me to grow in faith, to remove the fear, the doubts, the concerns that I have. I'll be careful. I'll be careful with the health situation, but Lord, just bolster me up. Help me to grow in faith and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that I might have not just fellowship with other believers, but true and honest fellowship with you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Pastor.